Hi guys and welcome to a brand new episode of the Freel Thing podcast with me, Greg Freel. Now, um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know it's about self-development, motivation, team building and leadership. And we sometimes have uh, interview guests and this is one of those days and I've got Mr. Maxwell Muir from Maxwell Muir Empowerment Coaching and I managed to say that in one breath. Maxwell, how are you? I'm very well, Greg. Happy to be here. Thanks. Sure, you're very welcome. Now, can you give us a little 30 seconds on who you are and what it is you do? Okay, Uh, I'm Maxwell Muir. I am a personal development coach. You can see that as performance coach mostly, Mm -hmm. Um, bringing out the best in people personally and professionally. I also have a passion for speaking, Mm -hmm. inspirational speaking and... Some of my favourite topics are stress and pressure and how we cope with that in daily life. And that's what I try to... I'm in the business of helping people to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that we've kind of talked about um, quite a lot on the show. We've talked about um, work-life balance, um, just the struggles with dealing with stress in the workplace and um, and fear, overcoming fear just to um, achieve basic goals. Um, But... um, all of the skills that we need to kind of develop, the soft skills, as it were, that we need to develop to um, help thrive in our daily life and our and our life at work. So, you, this is now this is a new venture for you, a relatively new venture for you, isn't it? I've made the trans. I've been coaching people through dog training for almost training. twenty years. Right. Okay. At, at my dog behavioural counsellor, mm-hmm. and a large part of that has been dealing with how people cope with stress, manage stress, how they deal with pressure. So Mm -hmm. I found myself moving the dog to the side in a lot of the cases, getting to the core of people's Mm -hmm. self-beliefs, how they behave, how they act, how they perceive certain situations, ultimately how they cope and perform with them. So so the transition was perfectly natural Mm -hmm. for me and uh, that's the direction I'm headed in right now. Mm -hmm. The difference is that dogs bite less. That's for sure, (laughs) yeah. uh, (laughs) So, I mean, it's it's one of these things, it's, 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 I suppose it's the same kind of... uh, well, I think it's a sort of similar thing to um, people's behaviour in the workplace or whenever it's whoever you're surrounded with uh, affects your behaviour. So I imagine, you know, it's the the owner's behaviour is affecting the dog and, you know, and that that kind of thing is, is, is how I would relate to that in terms of how that relates to people, if you know what I mean, to some extent. Absolutely, because what you have as well is it's important to become very familiar with your emotions mm-hmm. and how those emotions affect any given circumstance and also people that you work with it's important to recognise the emotional field that surrounds you mm-hmm. and whether those emotions can tap into you and affect you Yeah. and so there's a great when you're dealing with something that's stressful or you're performing under pressure which mm-hmm. is a real life circumstance you know, it could be anything. How you're able to, to to not only manage that pressure, but perform under it. It yeah. doesn't go away. Yeah. So can you perform under it? That, that makes the big difference. Mm-hmm. And we need to change how we feel about things. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is everything. It's absolutely everything. It's so funny. I actually just wrote a thing on self-awareness. Really? Yes. <laughs> um, but it's also... 
Um, we actually did a, a podcast on it as well. Um, just last year sometime. But um, yeah, it's... I totally agree. It's, it's huge. And I, this is something... I work with uh, a lot of young people, um, especially young entrepreneurs or people who are just starting out uh, in the business world. Um, and I think the self-awareness thing is just huge because there's a great pressure on... I think especially with, with young people when you don't have the, the you know the worldly experience to to know uh, yeah. any better that there's a lot of pressure on you thinking oh okay I'm the I'm the founder of this business or you know the entrepreneur here I've I've got to know everything uh, I've got to be like the the all seeing guy here um, so it's understanding that play to your strengths and your weaknesses that's what other people you know. Other people are there, and they can take up the slack. That's the, or that's what the way it should be. Yeah. You know, sur- surround yourself with the people that, that fill in the blanks. Yeah. I, I think also, when you develop an awareness of how quickly an everyday situation can change, mm-hmm. now, that can be a working situation, it can be a personal situation, business, sport, uh, uh, whatever, and things can either go up. Mm-hmm. pressure-wise, which changes your emotions. I mean, uh, how well do you cope with someone else who's stressed in the room? Mm-hmm. How well do you cope if you're working directly with them? Yeah. How well do you cope with someone who's having a panic attack, whether you're having a panic attack when you feel stressed? Yeah. Um, uh, how do you cope in sport when the clock's ticking and there's three minutes to go and mm-hmm. there's maybe a point in the game and it's World Cup final or something? Mm-hmm. What makes people that are really good performers put balls over the bar? Yeah, uh, it, it missed the ball between the posts, and it all comes down to pressure. Twenty seconds can either be a lot mm-hmm. of time, or it, time can be running mm-hmm. out. It depends on how you perceive it. And being self-aware is—I constantly talk about EDCs, uh, early daily check-ins, but these can mm-hmm. be done throughout the day. Even every hour is possibly too much space between them. How do I feel? at this particular point in time mm-hmm. or with what's just happening or happened how do I feel right now mm-hmm. and, and being able to check ourselves and come back in mm-hmm. and maintain focus that's everything it's very, and it's not that it's very difficult to do but it does require practice mm-hmm. it's a skill yeah. it's a skill set but it's, it's that thing it's, 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 how, it's not the situation it's how you respond to the situation um, I was recently um watching a video with Simon Sinek who was talking about how you see this all the time with, with especially with high performance athletes whenever you see uh, them interviewed just like at, at the Olympics or some big event like that uh, and the question that they always ask them is were you nervous <laughs> and they always respond no I was excited yeah. You know, and it's that difference between everything. Your body responses are all the same, you know, your elevated heart rate and all, all these kind of things. But it's how you're choosing to respond to it in a psychological way. No, I'm not nervous. I'm like this. All of these physical responses are actually making me think of this. No, no, no I'm, I'm thinking this in a positive way rather than no, this is freaking me out. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think he was really making the point that it's just that's that's the difference. You know. It's, it's how you're responding to the situation um, rather than crumbling in the situation. I mean, s- some situations you can prepare and rehearse for. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, even if you're a novice in a situation, take, for instance, public speaking, Yeah, y- you're going to experience 
if it's your first time or first few times, all the natural nervous anxiousness associated mm -hmm. with going up there. Mm -hmm. But you learn to disengage from that and use those emotions to arouse you because you have prepared, you've been there before, yeah. you want to perform well, you know yeah. what's expected. And uh, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Responding to sudden and drastic situations, which might be impromptu mm -hmm. speaking. Yeah. Um, you know, anyone who prepares well can do a good job. Yeah. But when it's suddenly demanded of you, right off the cuff mm -hmm. that, that's also uh, how you respond to certainly <clears throat> for me with my background in music and um, working with musicians there's that level of technique that needs to be there in the first place um, and you know and, and practice and preparation so that um, and this is something that uh, you know, I talk to young people about all the time but, it, but especially singers who are going out there to perform I'm like okay I can see your technique I can still see if they're still not quite there yet in terms of being relaxed on stage. I can still see that you're thinking about hitting that note. I can still see that, you know. And what you want to get to that level of preparation so that all of the technique side of things is happening in the background. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. subconsciously, and then you can actually just concentrate on the performance aspects, and then that's you know that's the bit that everybody else sees. Yeah. Um, and it's it's I think it's that's the difference. It's that preparation. Mm -hmm. It's also getting past the self-conscious stage. Yeah. Where it's not about you anymore if uh -huh. you're performing. Yeah. It, you must have had the experience where you've been called upon unexpectedly to come yeah. up on stage and do a song or play a, yeah. play a tune. It, it, mm. First time, it's, mm. oh my God, what am I going to do? But as mm -hmm. you get through things and, and you become comfortable with mm -hmm. performing under pressure, I think the thing you is just, just do it. is just getting getting me to stop I think yeah, yeah, okay. like, oh no don't, don't give Greg the mic that's a really really bad idea um, okay so let's take it way 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 back so you know, where does your your journey begin where, where are you from originally I was born in Edinburgh mm -hmm. and I was raised in a small town called Pennycook mm -hmm. and I lived there oh, too early teens right so and when when you were younger did you have any wild ambitions and dreams to, you know, work in business or, or, or were you interested in, were you always interested in, in coaching, whether that be animals or, or working with people? What was it that was kind of... None. The, the, the I, I was a dreamer. Right. I lived inside a world of fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, those fantasies included heroes of mine. Mm -hmm. um, who, who were people like Jesse James, mm -hmm. Billy the Kid, mm -hmm. William Wallace, Robert the Bruce, yeah. Robin Hood, m men who I looked up to who were super men. Yeah. Uh, you know, men who had everything, who had courage, who had valour, mm -hmm. who, who, who were... Uh, th they were my heroes. I was also heavily drawn towards nature. I loved, I loved right. forests. Uh, um, I, I, I love wilderness mm -hmm. and the one animal who is really a, holds a strong symbolic value to me is the wolf mm -hmm. and I've been fortunate to go tracking wolves in, wow. in Minnesota and Mercantour National Park in France so, so the, right. my fascination with the behaviour of wolves is contr I used to wonder what it was like Scotland seven eight hundred years ago mm -hmm. when there was wolves, bear, outlaws in the forest, and and I used to imagine my, my, myself living in that mm -hmm. environment. 
so I was very much a dreamer and I very much lived in my own world. Have you, this is the thing, I mean, I, I can relate to that in a huge sense myself because that kind of informs my creativity. So I, you know, I, I write a lot. Has, yeah. has, has that been something that you've done? Do you, do you write? I've still got notebooks from, I think I wrote my first book when I was about eight. Right. <laughs> and uh, obviously it's, uh, it's not a published thing, mm -hmm. but I've still got notebooks that mom, my, my dear old mum has saved mm -hmm. and, and given to me only a few years ago. I'm like, this still yeah. exists. Looking back through it. And again, there were stories of cowboys and Indians mm -hmm. and the Wild West adventure, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I've written as far back as I can remember. I still keep volumes of notes mm -hmm. to this day. And not not so much diaries year by year, but I write down thoughts, I write down feelings, mm -hmm. I write down goals, but I write down my dreams, mm -hmm. and and I just write down how I'm feeling sometimes. Yeah. And apart from being therapeutic, that that they're as important to me as photo albums are, mm -hmm. uh, anything yeah. like that. I yeah. love to write. <clears throat> it's, no, I mean it's something I'm I'm very much drawn to as well. Not just not just in songs, but in any kind of form. It's just just, just that creativity, just expressing yourself, and like you say, just it's a, a way of capturing your thoughts. But um, so, in those early formative years, were you were you drawn to like formal education? Did you go do, go to college, university, or anything like that? I wasn't all that great at school, right? Uh, in the beginning, English, math, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, I I did I did have a draw towards history. It's so funny. Same here. Yeah, I think it's know. just creative people, are, and you know, it's that, yeah, yeah. It, there's that looking at the past kind of thing, yeah. or, you know, all that kind of thing. It, kind of. I drew a lot of pictures. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I wasn't that great at art, but I mm -hmm. like drawing pictures. Yeah. Uh, again, of uh, uh, the stuff I liked, and I just used to think of places far away where there weren't that many people, and it was wild. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. there was no pressure. I had no aspirations to be anything, you know, as far mm -hmm. as earning a living or doing anything like that. Um, so more about experiences and kind of getting out there and seeing the world? Yeah. Yeah. Just lighting my brain up. Travel was very much yeah. on my mind, you, you, you know. Um, I didn't realise my dream to go and experience a wolf habitat until later on in life, but I eventually right. did it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not something I'm so much involved in right now, you know, being involved in the dog training aspect of my world. Yeah. So, so it took up a lot of my time, but it's uh, I'm, I'm still heavily drawn to it. Mm -hmm. Nick Smith, who's, um, how, how would you describe him? He's, a, he's an outdoor life coach. I suppose that's what you would describe um, what he does. And um, he was doing a a thing called net walking last week and he's doing this monthly where um, you know group of uh, different business people go out and we're out in nature and um, getting to know one another um, and it's just a great experience yeah. just to be actually out in not, <laughs> not, not in the wilderness and uh, not, not unless you call Neilston uh, in Glasgow the wilderness is maybe on a Saturday night but it's um, it's Certainly, it just it helps create that environment. Just you know, where there's there's no four walls. You yeah. know, there's no limitations, and you're just able to talk about whatever it is. You know, 
you won't really. Um, so travel, have you ended up? You've ended up traveling over the years, then. I've traveled to quite a few places. Um, I've I've done a few tours of America mm-hmm. in the U.S., which I love very much. But traveling even within my own mm-hmm. country, you know, in Scotland, I've been through Scotland from top to bottom, yeah, east to west. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. You know, I love the place. It's drastically changing uh, mm-hmm. what you can do. But but when I say traveling uh, over the years, it's mostly been camping out or rough camping or mm-hmm. uh, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Italy. It's my favorite country outside of Scotland in the world. Rome okay. is my favorite <clears throat> city. I've See the picture in front of you? The podcast listeners will be wondering what's going on. It's a picture of me and my wife and my family in Italy. That's where we got married. We got married. Uh, in Ravello, Italy, down, okay. down the Amalfi Coast. Wow! Um, wow. So you know, we love it. We always, every every year around our anniversary, maybe we tend to go to Italy at you know at some point. Well, we had our honeymoon, me and my wife, in Rome, and I said then that that's it's an incredible city. Isn't uh, it? One of my goals is just to have my own apartment yeah. right in the bang in the center of Rome. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's. Uh, it's just, it's just I'm this, at home there. Yeah, yeah. you know, I feel at home there. It's just got this incredible um, feeling. Yeah. To, and um, no, no, I absolutely loved it. We we did. Um, the, I think that was around the first time we went to Rome. And um, we did th- like three days in Rome first, and then we went down to the Amalfi Coast um, where we where we got married. But um, no, there's just something. I, I was talking to somebody the other day actually, and they were saying. Um, you know, we, lo- we love Italy, and I have this thing that uh, they were saying that uh, if if their partner, they, they just sort of met, you know, started seeing somebody fairly recently, and they're saying that if that their partner didn't like Italy, it was a deal breaker. You know? Quite right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're culturally bankrupt if, yeah, you think, yeah. if you don't actually like Italy, you know. Um, so travel, um, you, you, ended up, you ended up in uh, Spain. Did you, did you live in Spain for a, a time? I lived in Marbella, Marbella, and more specifically Porto Benus. My mm-hmm. friend was a, a piano player there, and mm-hmm. one of the clubs. And I, I lived there just shy of a year, right? Mm-hmm. And we lived in a villa just outside Porto Benus. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there was seven or eight of us, right? Uh, you know, we all lived in the same villa, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, that was quite a time. I can imagine. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> the a time before iPhones and evidence of, of escapades. So. It, you know, it was Porto Benus predominantly, to my knowledge, then was built by gangsters, you uh, know, and gangster money. Yeah. And um, I know it's been cleaned up over the years, but uh, we were in touch and knew quite a lot of. Mm-hmm. You know, people that own property and clubs and yeah. what have you in Porto Benus. So, so it was a social. If I hadn't got out of there, my health was drastically deteriorating yeah. with all the parties and stuff like no, that. Think, so, yeah. it, you know, it was a turning point in my life to get out of there. Definitely. definitely. As great as it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, when did you first get the idea that you wanted to? to do your, you know, your dog training business because obviously that kind of then led into what you're doing now. But. I was working with Royal Mail. Mm-hmm. I was a foot postman mm-hmm. and working with Royal Mail came after a 
significant change in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had a real low low point downtime uh, before it got to Royal Mail, mm-hmm. and I was always a man who had itchy feet. Yeah, who needs to feel like he's being fulfilled mm-hmm. or has something in mind to to reach towards and after a period of time at Royal Mail which had gone much longer much much longer than expected yeah I, I, I thought oh, I have to make a move to get out of here mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do yet but I'm going to do something and I decided you, you know what would I like to do at this point this wasn't a five year goal or a ten year goal or anything else but what would I like to do at this point I was brought up with working dogs right? you know lurchers, sight hounds working mm-hmm. terriers, stuff like that I, I knew dogs intimately I knew their behaviour intimately uh, I, I was able to read dogs so I decided to get into working with dogs on some level Mm-hmm. and th- I started my business and al- although it was a part-time business uh, I started to gather work very quickly so I was working right. two full-time jobs right? Uh, and getting qualified mm-hmm. uh, and at this time being a husband and sure. uh, being a dad and mm-hmm. uh, something I had to give along the way so it, over the course of eight years I built up the business and mm-hmm. it made the break yeah, fantastic so then you um, develop that idea that bit further, as you say, um, with people. Uh, yeah. And, and it's that thing that uh, the dog isn't necessarily the problem. Maybe it's the, the actual owner is the problem. But, but, but Well, it's a common uh, uh, cliche. You know, it's not the dogs. It's the people. Some, sometimes the, the, there are really powerful, undesired behaviours mm-hmm. that you can get from dogs and, and, and some dangerous behaviours as well. You know, I've been working with chronic behavioural problems for years. Um, Aggression-related problems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these problems can be s- created yeah. by how you view a dog or um, when you suddenly have an animal on leash in public mm-hmm. that causes a lot of peer pressure that maybe causes you legal problems or it's just something that gets out of hand it, it can very quickly wreck your confidence mm-hmm. and it only takes a couple of incidents one or more mm-hmm. to, to change your behaviour mm-hmm. and, and how you manage things and often the way we manage things is we try and suppress them Sure, and that can be either through uh, physical means, the use of equipment, or anything like that. But the problem generally gets worse, mm-hmm. and people normally call me in when it's at its lowest ebb or the yeah. problems in its heightened state. And so, coaching people, but I found out that being a dog trainer, there was a lot more to it than just mm-hmm. dogs. You 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 are working directly with people, yeah. and you are having to get people to overcome all sorts of emotions. Mm-hmm. Are you so? Are you work, working on a what, like a one-to-one basis with people? Yes, right. Yeah. As, as well as are you are you then doing the same kind of thing with businesses and going into businesses and, and looking at behavioural issues in, in businesses? Is that something you do? In that as well, but but, but also running events, right? Uh, also running okay. workshops, mm-hmm. um, and obviously this uh, a big part of what it is that you do, and, and this how I, how I met you was um, speaking. Yeah. Um, is that something you enjoy doing? I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
like any other speaker, you know, I was terrified. The first time I ever spoke was at a, it was at a dog behaviour conference in Oslo. Right. And I got up and I spoke for 20 minutes, which is a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, for your first time, it's a long time. But I loved the, the buzz. I loved the preparation. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the actual event. More importantly, I loved how I felt at the end of it. Yeah. And subconsciously back then, I thought, this is something I would like to do. Mm-hmm. And I've been pushing my development with speaking. I've got some great coaches. I've got some great guidance with it. Yeah. Uh, and I've been gravitating more towards that in recent times. Yeah. I, I work on it relentlessly. It's a priority skill with me, yeah. uh, for me. Yeah. And uh, it's something that you never master. It's something that you can always improve on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, speaking for me is very much up there. One of the things that I always find interesting is that there's so many different approaches that people have to speaking. There's some people who have, like to have notes in front of them or there's some people who stand there and actually just effectively just read a speech. I'm, <clears throat> I am not that kind of person myself. I'm, I'm, I'm very much, if somebody wants me to, to speak about what it is I, I know or what it is I do, I'll speak passionately about it. Yes, um, you're the genuine article mm-hmm. then. And I, I can't, I can't, I mean, I've done the thing with PowerPoint once and I absolutely hated it. You know, it's literally, um, I, okay, I guess I have to say this thing at this point and whatever. And, and I understand it is useful for cue points and, and that kind of thing and for structure as well. But I just, for me, I find, and I think this is where my background as a performer going out singing in, in front of audiences I very much want to judge the room, so I'll change what it is I'm saying as I'm re- reacting to to the room, and then and then throwing things out to the audience to see, you know, what what it, how they're responding to things as well, get different feedback as I'm going along. So that's just you're subtly sort of changing a tone or approach. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was something I, I noticed with you was that you know there was a couple of slides just kind of scene setters as it were but you're very much you just kind of you draw people into your story I I had I I think in that presentation I had five slides and and I was speaking for just over an hour Mm -hmm. and and to me that was possibly even a couple of slides too much Mm -hmm. but there were there were just a I I showed a slide of when I was homeless and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but I understand a speaker starting out and using notes and preparation or yeah. trying it in front of an audience. Sure, yeah. But if you're going to share something and give a message or you're you're there to inspire an audience to do mm-hmm. something, reading from notes to me yeah. just takes everything totally. out of it. And I would rather see a speaker who paused to think because maybe he was trying mm-hmm. to remember something or just to give the real thing something that's the f- authentically them. Yeah. That's what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. You, uh, PowerPoint, uh, I used to use it. It's okay in an educational yes, yeah. environment. Think, uh, if it's an informative thing, yeah. then fine. But you know. even then it can be too much. Yeah. You, you, uh, how many times have you experienced almost falling asleep oh God, yeah. power slide after mm-hmm. power slide? You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't hold value. Mm-hmm. And speakers are 
there. It's a very intimate thing between them and their audience, mm-hmm. and, and I think a speaker should work towards that. Yeah. Um, now, bringing it back to my world, um, which is primarily music, although other creative things, um, how much of a role does music play in in your life? Do you have like a motivational playlist or anything like that? When you get out of bed in the morning, you shove, you shove on certain tunes, or if you're getting ready to go out, is there certain music that you shove on? Because I always say that music um, reflects um, the way that we feel, but also projects the way that we want to feel. Okay, okay. Subconsciously, I, I don't think of particular songs, mm-hmm. but just say I'm doing something like going to hit the gym. Yeah. Or I'm out for a run, or or, or, or I'm going into my garage onto the punch bag or something mm-hmm. like that. I sort of create a beat that's got momentum in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I bring voices into it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very heavily influenced by sports psychology. Right. That's okay. helped me a lot through the years, and, it, and it's got me through some deep, deep, deep personal emotional holes. And the voices of my favourite athletes in any field or favourite coaches in any mm-hmm. field are there as constant reminders. Interesting. So, so, so I can integrate that with mm-hmm. a subconscious tune. Mm-hmm. I don't work out to music. Right. Once the workout started, right. I'm focused. That's really interesting. I'm in the zone. Most people who I know yeah. have, you know, music, and certainly me, I, I need the music to, to kind of keep me going because most of the time I can't be arsed working <laughs> okay okay I get that yeah 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 um, I get it's, that. It, it, that's what I need to give me the kick up the backside to do you know I'm always doing something so, so if I'm running and I pick lonely places to run right okay. I, I, I pick backcountry B roads and, and stuff like that right. to run uh, if I'm running I, I have a lot of very personal stuff going through my head that's related to Performance, mm-hmm. yeah, in 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 any field, and that's my music. That's uh, really really that interesting. That is my music. Um, okay, this is the big heavy question, which I didn't actually warn you uh, about in advance. But um, question I ask everybody as the the sort of final question. Um, this can be in a personal way or in a professional way. What would you like your legacy to be? Just no big deal. <laughs> That's an excellent question. You know, it's almost like asking someone what they'd like written on their, th- mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> their, their stone. A man who changed everything when no one believed in him. When mm-hmm. those who said they couldn't had to say it did. And to uh, Obviously, leave a legacy, not for my son. That's important but mm-hmm. because uh, I focus a lot of time on allowing him to be free yeah. in his mind. Yeah. He's ADHD and through the roof. Right, okay. And they struggle a lot mm-hmm. with early things. Michael Phelps, I remember reading his biography, he was told he would never be anything by his teachers right he, he was told he, that he was a dreamer mm-hmm. that, that he that he was an underachiever mm-hmm. 
And when he's I was, certainly when I, proved that. Uh, he's certainly proved that. When I was 11, um, maybe 10, 10 or 11, uh, I went to school um, in New York at the time when I was a kid, from when I was about 7, 12, 11. And uh, my report card from back then says, Greg shows no musical aptitude whatsoever. And I've been a professional musician now for about 25 years. <laughs> so, you know, you just, I suppose maybe sometimes it's just not obvious whatever you're... It's very you know. important to me that we, we find our vacation in life. Mm -hmm. it, it, it can be at any given point. We can be full-grown adults. Maybe we need to go through something to do it. But there is something that changes our attitudes, our behaviours. I mean, I've had everything in life that's beaten me down mm -hmm. physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. I've been emotionally on the bottom. I lost seven friends in three years. Mm -hmm. I've had a destructive button. Mm -hmm. All the coaching and self-improvement that I give is through personal experience, not through books and studies yeah. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. My legacy is that I was able to literally turn my belief system around and be able to reach out and grasp and create a winning mindset to get anything I want in life and also to give, to share that for, for people who have similar limiting beliefs. Yeah. It, it's a message to, to those that say you can't, that you never will give up. There's no point. It's If you focus intently on something enough, you generate a very powerful uh, thing, and I will just call it a thing because there's many mm -hmm. aspects to it inside yourself that drives you. Attitude is what drives behavior, that mm -hmm. drives that ambition, determination, you know. Um, we're all very, very uh, acquainted with the word focus, but we don't really realize all the elements that go with getting a laser focus, mm -hmm. of even getting into a flow-like state when, when, when we yeah. put ourselves into something. And I've tapped into that many times. A lot mm -hmm. of people would think you were off your head uh, when you relate it. But when you look at top athletes, top mm -hmm. stage performers, um, th th they will talk about a time when their performance was just, it was there. It mm -hmm. couldn't have been any, they just felt it. They yeah. went with it. There was no try. It was a laser-focused performance, mm -hmm. and I never had any of that. Uh, I, I'm a world away. The, the man I was before, th and, and the child I was growing up, to where I am now is as far away as east is from west. Yeah, that, that that's the, this, that that's what you're able to achieve. You are able to transform yourself into anything as long as you put your mind to it. Max, thank you very much for your time today. It, it's, a, it's a total pleasure, Greg. Total pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. To find out more information on Freelance Music, we're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. We are at Freelance Music.